1: Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ryan Wilk. I'm a partner here at Ready and Newman, Ready and Newman PC. Um, my partner, Rahul Ready, he's not available today. I think he's enjoying the holiday weekend, uh, but I'm here uh, instead. And so uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, if you'd like to call on the first caller, Shruti.
2: Yes, Basu.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so this is Argya Basu. Actually, I have a certain inquiry regarding the B revival process. So uh, I had one H1B which I used for only one year and then I went back to my country and and after three years I came back in different visa not on H1B. So I came on L1B and I utilized L1B fully for five years. So can I revive my remaining five years of H1B because it was there's a gap of three years between H1B and L1B or will it count both H1B and L1B max out?
1: Yeah, so you've got to club the two timeframes together, and so your one plus the five gets us to the six-year limit. Unfortunately, on the H one B, do you have uh, do you have an I one forty approved?
3: No, so there's a gap. It approved. won't count, right? The gap, no, the won't, gap count, won't count, right? No. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Okay. So you can That's stay for this. a year outside the US and come back in on L, or you can stay outside for a year and go back into the lottery if you wanted to, like in, in terms of how could you get back into one of those two statuses. But mm. in terms of like how much time do you have left on the current H one B, I would say the six years has been and maxed out. You mm-hmm. can extend, you know, you can get another three years on it if you can get an I-140 approved. And it could be E B one, you know, E B two or three. Uh, mm. but to answer your question point blank, yeah, you've for me, you've reached the the maximum on the H one B. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Andy? Yeah. Uh, hi, uh,
4: actually one end of year back, I came to us and I completed masters within one year and this year I filed six and six H1B registrations and among them three got picked up along with my full-time employee. Now, uh, currently I'm in full-time employee and my, my employee has filed H one B and it got uproar in the premium processing and from the H- October first it's going to be effective. So I'm I'm reading so many H one B revocations. So will be there any problem or how is it?
1: So you don't have to answer this question right on the call because I know it's in front of people. Um, but this is the question I would have you ask yourself: Is that was this six different companies? sponsoring you six different times and that's fine or was it one company you went to and then five of their buddies registered you right that's that's wrong that's the collusion that's what these people are getting in trouble with and so if you had six different companies that just means six different people wanted to hire you if you had one guy and five of their buddies who are each putting in for you that's gaming the system and that's the things that you're hearing about and so uh, if you can tell yourself, you know, these were six different companies, and they were all offering me a bona fide job, then I would tell you that you have nothing to nothing to
4: worry about. Those are six different, so I'll be fine, right?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say you're fine. If each, I mean, if, if each of those six different people are offering you jobs, I, I have no problem with it. Thank you very much.
5: Good
2: I'm Meghana. Hello. Yeah. Um, hi. So I am currently on H one B, and I um, am on FMLA with my employer. So my query is, am I allowed to travel internationally while I'm on a medical leave of absence with my employer? I have a valid H-1B stamp on my
1: passport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would say yes, you're fine to travel. Um, by and large, anyone in the country with a legal status, once they get FMLA, that status stays the same. It doesn't change just because you're taking this leave. And so um, the only thing I might Not even caution, but maybe just as a best practice, get a letter from your employer saying, yeah, she is on FMLA. Um, She'll be coming back to us as soon as, you know, the FMLA term is over. Just so that if the officer wants to be smart and and ask, do you really still have a job that you're coming back to? Well, hey, here's something from my employer that says, hey, one, I'm on... FMLA, and then two, as soon as I'm I'm done with uh, the FMLA leave, I'll, I'll be rejoining the employer. And so, uh, no, you should be fine. That shouldn't be a problem at all.
3: Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Appreciate your help. Mohammed. Mohammed.
1: Mohammed, are you there, sorry? You may have to unmute yourself. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, uh, sorry. My h not.
6: So uh, on this Friday, my employment has been completed. So they have withdrawn my application, uh, but my H1B extension was in pending. So as for my current status, my I-94 is expiring on August 8th. So as they have withdrawn my application, so will I be having 60 days for the uh, finding a new opportunity or will, my, will be my I-94 expiration date, which is of August 8th, which is in just one month.
1: Okay, so you, uh, I want to get the facts straight. So while you had a pending H-1B extension, they pulled yes. the paperwork?
5: That's
6: correct. Okay.
1: On your extension, the, the one that was expiring, the one that you were filing the extension mm-hmm. upon, when did that expire? August 8th. So it will be uh, expiring on August 8th. Uh,
6: 2023, August 8th. The first tenure is expiring on 2023, August 8th, which is next month. But the that's
1: extension your 797, date. right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and so then I, I would say your 60 days starts from, I think you said Friday was when yeah, you were laid off? Yeah. That's when, I would, uh, that's when I would say your your grace period starts. So it's are
6: in days, status. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For 60 days. Correct. Correct. Okay. So the I-94 expiry date, which is August 8th
1: will be not valid, right? Uh, so your I-94 is just your, your authorized presence in the country. And so if you're talking about for, for let me, let me take a step back for grace period. Are you interested in, in filing a new H-1B case, like getting a, a transfer done? Or are you thinking about grace period in terms of how long can I just stay in the US before yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. in trouble?
6: I'm just asking about the grace period for how long I do have a time to find a new opportunity.
1: Okay, so for the new job opportunity, I would say now you have 58 days. Let's maybe yeah. 57. Let's count from Friday, last yeah. Friday. Uh where in terms of the I-94 legally you could stay in the country up to 179 days past your i-94 expiry without any three-year bars i would tell you don't push it that far and so there's okay. two answers that you can run with Is one you have 60 days from friday so that's like 57 days now and then on the other side if nothing happens your i-94 expires you need to leave the country within six months so that nothing happens on the back end when you try to go get your new stamp
6: okay that's cool thank you so much
1: thanks Mohammed.
2: Money content hey
3: hey uh, I'm basically I'm holding H1B visa and currently working from home uh, recently I moved to a new place uh, which is 30 miles away uh so do I need to file an amendment since I uh, moved to a new place uh, or uh, it should be fine if I leave it as it is.
1: The way the law and the regulations are currently written today, I would tell you that, no, you do not need to do an amendment on this. Uh, But in the coming months, then the rule was already published. And so everybody knows about it. I can't give the exact date, but in the future, and it's not next week, it's a few months down the line. Uh, I think it might be next fiscal year. But on things like this, it seems like USCIS is going to be requiring uh, amendments to be filed. So right now, no, you're good. You're good.
3: Uh, I I see people are saying, I need to uh, update, uh, I need to submit a form called A11. Is that required or I'm just fine?
1: AR11, yes. I I would tell you to do that. Uh, And it's always for the individual that files an AR11. And that just notifies USCIS of an address change so that if anything in their system is going to be mailed to you, they're just making sure they're mailing it to the right place. And so you're not, uh, positively or negatively, you're not Putting any words out there uh, to USCIS, you're just saying, "Hey, like I've literally changed my address. If you're going to mail anything, send it here instead of there." So yeah, do an AR eleven for sure.
7: Okay, thank you.
0: Yes, sir.
3: Sunil.
7: Hey Rand, uh, thanks for your support. So of I'm course. currently in one uh, I got laid off um, recently, like last week Friday. Um, so i have i am in my fourth year if i um, and my spouse is in l1 visa l1b so if i change to l2 so will my uh, h1b period stops there or like uh, it will continue
1: in terms of cutting into the sixth year window yeah yeah no you you'll be fine it's only the principal uh, that that eats so to speak and so if you're on l2 then no you'll be fine you, you won't be eating into the h1b time
7: okay okay one more question is uh so i'm i'm kind of uh, uh worrying about uh, l2 stamping so um so if i apply for uh l2 cos uh, uh by september then if i find a job the processing time is six months uh in the country for l2 uh change of status i uh mm. 539 uh, then after a week or so, if I find a job and then that employer applies uh, for my H-1B if in premium processing, I will get it approved. So is this L2 change of status application will be canceled once the other employer applies for H-1B or like after six months, my L2 status will be activated?
1: Um, so the way it works is that technically USCIS would have to adjudicate the L2 change of status so that they could kind of change your status back to H1B. Um, And so how long it might take, I, I would hesitate to give you an answer just because that's the nature of USCIS. What I would say to do is try to file the H1B in premium processing because one of two things will happen is that they'll either approve it as a straight change of status, which means that they kind of tick the L1 box or the L2 box. And as soon as they did that, they tick the H1B box to kind of do a double change of status. Or, they approve the H-1B without an I-94 and you might have to go for stamping. Um, and so it's, uh, those kind of things are always touch and go. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really have the, the terribly the best answer for you, unfortunately.
7: What, what do you recommend in my case? I, I I literally want to conserve my remaining H-1B time, uh, you know, before <laughs> I get my 140. Uh, so mm-hmm. what do you recommend for me in this case?
1: I mean, if that's the goal, how do we proceed? preserve the most time on h1b it's don't be on h1b or don't be on l right uh, and so or l1 i should say mm-hmm. and so if you go to l2 it's going to save all that back end time while mm-hmm. you're on l2 you, you'll have the work authorization so you can go out and shop yourself you know find someone who would do a perm for you and as soon as you get the mm-hmm. perm done you switch back to h and you don't have to worry about eating into it anymore because you'll be always be getting those three-year extensions
7: okay sounds good
1: so try to, I guess what's my advice is try to leverage that L two as best you can.
7: Okay, so 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 if I find an employer and if they if they are willing to do my H one B, can they do L two change of status also inside the same pocket kind of a combo card like H four and then I'll get my L two also approved?
1: No, so you like you'll file your L two, conceivably like I think you said you got laid off. Mm-hmm. Friday, right? Or last week. Yeah, so within definitely. the next 60 days, you need to file a change of status, right? So that's mm-hmm. going to be essentially you and your your spouse filing the change of status, and maybe her company wants to help out. Um, that's not required. And so then you're going to have a case sitting out there um, waiting for approval if uh, you can find then another H-1B case, you could do another change of status, but it's gonna be sitting out there for a little bit of time. You could always try the premium processing on the H-1B and see if they adjudicate the L-2 and the H-1B together um, to get you back in the H-1B status. But uh, kind of worst case scenario, that's and this is like a small worst case, is that they approve the H-1B without the I-94, meaning that the L-2 is still sitting out there as kind of considered pending status. Which means you just go get your stamp, you come back in on H1B, and that's gonna get you the new I-94. It might not be the f- favorite thing to do, but that's I mean, in the worst case scenario, it's not it's not gonna be a nightmare for you.
7: Okay. So 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 I I should I should do one by one. So I should file my H1B in premium processing. Then once it is approved, then for the same employer I can continue work and then apply for L2 change of status so that within the next six months, the L2 change of status will be approved, right?
1: No, you'll want to, I mean, by and large, it seems like you're going to need to do your L first, right? Because if, if I mean, you can maybe wait on it until day 45, day 50, in terms of your grace period and file it. So maybe you wait in the next six weeks, you try to, not six weeks, yeah, in the next, uh, yeah, in the next six weeks, you maybe try to find a new H-1B sponsor. So that Mm -hmm. way you don't have that pending L2 sitting out there. Mm -hmm. If that prospect doesn't find itself on the horizon, then file your L2, keep shopping, right? And then maybe you come back and talk to me, myself or Rahul to see what the next best step is going to be. But in terms mm-hmm. of how should you attack this problem, use mm-hmm. the next 40 days to see if you can find an H-1B. And if that's not there, then use your wife's L1, do the change of status. That way you'll be preserving yourself uh, in mm-hmm. the country. And then, and then take that next step kind of once you start seeing. Kind of the way that the road is going to develop for you.
7: Okay, sounds great. So the L2 uh, sitting over there is it going to uh, help me out in any ways uh, in order to minimize the L2 processing time?
1: No, unfortunately not. uh um, okay. uscs's processing times are just headaches to begin with, unfortunately.
7: Okay. Okay. I got. I I got your hand So so is there any implication if I go to uh, India for stamping off my L2?
1: No, none. I mean, your wife is in a valid status. You guys have a valid marriage. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty much it, right? And so for me, that's that's it's it's one of the easiest things that you can have to worry about.
7: Okay, okay, no. sure. Yeah,
3: thank you so much. Thanks, Sunil. Sachin, yes. Um, I have uh, I I one forty already approved. So I want to go back to my home country for one year and I will come back after one year, is it fine? Or after one year, I need to apply for H-1B again?
1: No, um, let me ask you this. What do you mean by apply for H-1B again? Do you need to go back in the lottery, you mean? Or is is the visa still good? So I would say the visa is still good as long as um, the stamp isn't expired. And as long as you have a valid 797, and then maybe one more thing that we'll add in is that let's say it's through company A, uh, has the valid 797, your passport stamp is is still valid, meaning it hasn't expired. Um, As long as you have a job offer with that company A, that that H1B company, yeah, you have nothing to worry about. There's nothing but reapplying. Now, if your H1B is expired um, or the uh, 797 is expired, let me say it again. If the visa stamp is expired, if your 797 is expired, well, then you'll have to get the company, whoever it is, company ABC, uh, they file another I-129 for you, get that approved. They do it for consulate processing. They give you the approval. You go to the consulate, you get the stamp, and you come back in. And so um, that's, I mean, one way or the other, that's what you're looking at. And so uh, it's just a matter of, are your documents valid? If so, you come right back in. Maybe you get an updated job offer letter or job you know, uh, employment verification letter. Uh, then on the other side, if everything's been expired, if it's close to expiring, I would say just have the company do another I-129, go get another stamp and come back. Um, but no, you're you're going to be fine on your H-1B.
3: Yes, means, uh, if H-1B is stamped from now to next two years, as well as I-797 is approved for next two years, so I can go to my home country, live in one or two years uh, before, and I will come back before two years is it fine right yeah. i know no, no, no yeah, need to do hard. anything right
1: nope shouldn't shouldn't have to you should be good
3: mm-hmm. and i 140 is already is in queue so there no worry about anything right
1: uh, in queue yeah. how so uh, meaning it's pending
3: no no it is already approved in 2022 okay so okay. no need to worry right
1: yeah no uh, at this point of the game if it was approved in 2022 it's outside the 180 day mark. And so that means that even if the company wants to withdraw it, the government won't let them. And so you'll be able to use that H-1B, I'm sorry, that I-140 for any H-1B extensions that you might need to do down the line. And so, yeah, I would tell you have no worries about that that I-140 that you've got.
3: Last question. So if uh, I-140 is approved in December, 2022, so is it mandatory to leave with the current employer next six, six months or what? What is the
1: case? No, there's no rule that says such a thing. Um, I, I often hear that question. And, and it's I think it's just a misconception of what the 180-day rule is. Um, the, the rule is essentially that as long as the I-140 is approved and it's approved for 180 days, that I-140 for your purposes locks in, meaning H-1B extensions, meaning priority date and all that, the good stuff, H-4EAD. Um, there is no rule that says I have to work with the company for 180 days after that. What, what's going to sweeten the pot for everybody is that the company isn't likely to withdraw your I-140 if you're still with them, right? And so the thinking then goes, well, if I get it approved and I stay with them for six months, well, they're not going to approve it or uh, withdraw it while I'm with them. So I'll just stay with them to not rock the boat. There's not any requirement in the law that says you have to do that. That's just the easiest way to play the game from, from your side of the desk, right? And so... Um, to get back to your original question, now that I-140 that you've got, I would tell you have, have no worries about it.
3: Oh, good. Thank you. Nice, Thanks. Narasimha?
5: Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Right. Yes, sir. Hey, I have a question about the C corporation. I'm not sure uh, you, uh, I can get the answer or not, but um, so we are forming a C corporation. Uh, one of the, uh, out of three partners, one partner from India and uh, one partner here is an H-1B. So can, and a um, major one is like a green card holder. Can he, can we be a partners, uh,
1: like a shareholders of this company? I like the phrase that you've just used shareholder. Uh, Cause I would tell you that's like going out and buying 51% of Tesla stock. We'd all like to be able to do that. But on H1B, that would be your right. You know, you can go out and buy as much stock in a company you can own as much stock in a company as you want. The issue is, is that are you engaged in running of the company? I'll just use that as a big blanket term. And so if you're just giving a guy money and you're taking equity and a a, a guy or girl, you know, money and you're taking equity um, and, you know, we all want the dividends at the end of the year or we want to see that investment grow, that's fine. But if you're making decisions for the company, making phone calls, answering questions, that sort of thing, that's not in line with your H-1B. And so... I'll just leave that to you. Is that if you're just investing, right, giving cash yeah, for some equity, yeah. that's fine. But if you're going to be, you know, acting as CFO and things like that, and again, that's just like a blanket term. But if you're really to do anything to do with running or the oversight of the company, then uh, that's likely going to be running afoul of the H one B. Hey, uh,
5: I got muted accidentally. Yeah, it's more like uh, I just investing and I'll take the dividend. What is what is out of it. And uh, my ask is simple. Can I be that? I won't be running the company. I won't be yeah, attending. No, that should be fine. Yeah. No, I be fine. Just, buy, just buying a stock and taking the profit out of it. What is out there, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and you're just a uh, a passive
1: investor at that point and that's fine.
5: Yeah. And my, my share will be like, you know, my, my uh, like below 35%. I think it should be okay. Yeah,
1: I agree.
5: And uh, there's a one more follow-up question on that. Like I mentioned one of the person from India, can he also invest like around 35, 36% in this company?
1: So like, I'll be frank, I guess, not necessarily an immigration question. So I'll just give you my quick idea generally so like this is outside of, of immigration law um that would probably be more of a business and securities law issue uh from business law perspective there's i don't think that there's really any states and that's going to be a state law issue that forbid foreign investment um this across yeah. the board and then on the other side take- it's a business law thing and so it would just yeah. be about that individual state are they okay with it? And so I would just say like from an immigration side, like this guy can invest if he wants to come here, maybe he has some immigration ideas. That's fine too. Um, but yeah, you know, he can don't have this any, guy join? That's another attorney's question.
5: You don't have any intentions to come here, but he just a yeah. investor. And I checked with the CPA. So if they are just fine, uh, okay yeah. to have a foreign, foreign investor,
1: just want to make sure legal side. Yeah, from I mean, legally, yes, he can. I'm sure that there's things that need to be done. Uh, I'm just not that type of attorney. You know what I'm saying? To tell you what needs to be done on that end. Uh, but do, from an immigration guys, perspective, I can tell you that there's no no issues.
5: Yeah, do you guys uh, set up a one-on-one session if I am to go with deeper on this one? Do you guys do that consultation? Yes, of
1: course. Um, yeah, so you can go to our website, RN Law Group, and either set up a consultation with myself. Uh, I'm Ryan Wilk. Rahul or any one of my partners and, and, you know, we'll be happy to kind of talk you through the ideas. And if we don't have attorneys, the attorney knowledge in-house for some of this business stuff, we've got connections and things, attorneys that we always use and kind of share ideas with. And so uh, I'm sure we'll be able to get you the answers and the solutions. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: Ambiram
4: Yeah. Hi. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for doing this. Uh, Quick question, so both uh, me and my wife are on separate H-1Bs and unfortunately uh, my wife got laid off last Friday. So if she moves as a dependent to uh, H-4 visa as my dependent and the problem is let's say she finds an employer after the 60-day grace period window, uh, will she have a problem to switch back to H-1B? She shouldn't.
1: um because uh, I picture now she shouldn't have an issue. Um, oh. the, would she ahead, need to kind wait. of want to,
4: go ahead. would she need to wait until the pending h uh, 4 gets approved before the H1 uh, status change happens?
1: Yes and no. like she doesn't need to wait for the H4 to be approved before she puts the H1b package in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a technical perspective, the H-4 does need to be approved before USCIS could do anything on the H-1B. And so uh, I might have mentioned this on an earlier call, um, maybe 15, 20 minutes ago. Do the H-1B, like say you've already filed the H-4 and it's sitting out there pending, file the H-1B, hers, to change the status back, file that in premium processing. And USCIS will either approve the two cases together, you know, quote unquote together. They'll approve the H4 and then immediately move on to the H1B so that mm-hmm. she can be back in H1B status, or they just approve the H1B without the I-94. She goes and gets mm-hmm. the stamp and comes back in. And so that's that's the worst case scenario. Okay. So, um, so she doesn't need to
4: wait like the seven months of uh current processing time for H4 to move back to H one, technically.
1: No. And one one maybe tactic that you could play is where are you at on your H-1B, because if you're eligible for either an amendment, transfer, extension, any of those things, you can club her H-4 change of status with the EAD, you do your case in premium processing, everybody's Mm -hmm. case is going to get approved in 15 days. And so it's maybe one way that you guys can avoid the headache. If you don't have that on your personal horizon for your H-1B, ignore mm-hmm. it but it's just maybe one one tool that you could utilize to maybe avoid that back-end headache that you're thinking okay. about to get back into the h1b got it,
4: got it. sounds good right so uscs can ideally uh approve like to the h4 change of status and immediately to h1 together if not mm-hmm. they'll just ask it to go back to stamping and come back in
1: so yep that's typically how, how it will play out okay got it got it right? thanks i guess thanks
2: everyone
1: it's very quiet Yeah, the audio is not very good, G. Babu. It's a lot of echo and it's very quiet.
2: Yeah, hi, Uh, this is Sushmita. Uh, I am on a H-1B visa. So my H-1B visa is uh, uh, maxing out on August 30th. uh, But my perm is applied on December 2022. Um, I haven't received any update yet. But uh, I was in India for two months. So I can't recapture those two months. Uh, so that it comes to October, but is there any problem if I stay, if I re- renew my H1 visa on uh, for August 31st, so that I can get the recapture date till October 31st?
1: No, I mean, no, I mean unfortunately, that unfortunately, that's, unfortunately, that's like a desperate end of it, but there's nothing wrong, you know, you're entitled to recapture every, every minute, essentially, um, that you're outside the US. And so, If you only have two months, you're allowed to recapture that. And maybe it's the case that the PERM uh, gets approved, you know, by October. And then as soon as that happens, file the I-140 in premium. Hope that you can get it approved in the two weeks time. And then that way you can, you know, get the extension. Because unfortunately, you're not due for a one-year extension because of just how recent The recent seven months ago is kind of relative, but you need it to be one year at least. And so you're not going to be there until December, um, given what you told me. And so to answer your question, is there anything wrong with it? No, you're not going to find yourself in a bad spot. And that probably might be the best tactic, uh, given just kind of where your perm is sitting and the perm processing times. And so um, there's nothing wrong with, with what you've proposed.
2: So what is the timing that I can apply the H-1, uh, I mean, for the extension? Mine is getting expired on 30th August.
1: The rule is that if if you have an I-140 that's approved, you're entitled to a three-year extension. Um, If you have a PERM that's older than one year and the I-140 is pending, that's kind of two things, PERM older than one year and the I-140 is pending, Oh, or me, and or the I-140 is pending, you can get a one-year extension. So if we're only pushing it until, I think, October, we would need to kind of the PERM to get approved within the next month. That way you could file it in premium processing. If an RFE is issued, you'll have enough time to answer the RFE that you can get in the I-140 approval by, I think, October, we were saying. And so... Yeah. Um, You'll probably have to do the H-1B extension first, right? I think, you know, by August, that's going to die. Okay. You're going to be buying yourself two months. If you still are without that PERM approval, you're probably going to have to leave in October. Get the I-140 approved, and then you'll be able to come right back. The company will do an H-1B consular processing for you, most likely. Uh, that'll be good for three years, and then you'll come back in. Okay, and
2: one question. So you're just like playing think- on
1: a tight time, zone. Go ahead.
2: If at all uh, I don't get the perm uh, by August, October 30th and if I had to return back to uh, home country, then um, is there like um, my H1 will come under non-cap and uh, I can go to conciliar processing?
1: No, no. Um, Let me, ask you, just to be clear, I, I don't know if that was the most precise question. I guess, ask it again and let me see if I can correct maybe some understandings in there.
2: Yeah uh if i don't get my perm approved within like uh october 30th and if i go okay. back to my home country and then after my perm is approved uh, should i apply a new h1 again
1: yeah that's that's what you'll do um in terms of apply h1 you don't need to go back into the lottery or anything like that okay. but your 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 company um and it doesn't have to be the perm and the i140 company Um, As soon as you get that approved, the company on the US side will file an I-129, we call it new employment, Uh, we do it for consular processing. You give the copy of the I-140 approval in that. That's going to get you the three-year extension. You take that. You go to the the consulate. You get the stamp, and you come back in. And so that's that's what you're looking at.
0: Yeah. If yeah. you're not getting it approved
1: by October, yeah. Okay.
2: We don't go for lottery again,
1: right? No. You want as long as you've got that I-140 approval, then yes, you'll you'll likely never have to go into the lottery again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rishma. Um, Thank you, everybody. Uh, we've run into the half hour, and so we'll be doing the call again later this week. Uh, Tomorrow's 4th of July. So I think we'll be closed as the office, but uh, we'll speak to everyone again here shortly. And I hope you have a great evening. Thanks again. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites